jets. My raps are filled with rage. One of these days, we gotta bust back for the homies. You have to be logical. You know, if, if I know that in this hotel room, they have food every day, and I'm knocked on the door every day to eat, and they tell, and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the, I mean, just like throwing food around, where they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day, I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change the, we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me all the food, we're breaking out the door. And after years, you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting, you know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, with civil rights movement. We was asking, you know, now that those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? Ask. Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. What's up, beautiful people? This is the 44 Lifestyle Podcast, and I am Jamal Bogle. Welcome to the sound of 44 forever forward and jumping straight in and building on that energy from Pac and we're not asking the time for asking is over we're not asking our oppressors or the system to stop killing us we're not asking no more we demanded we're not going to keep telling you black lives matter we're going to show you you're about to learn today and um for all for all the folk the the officials um Local officials, pastors, the the delegated Negro peacekeepers, um, all of that, man. Stop reprimanding these protests. Stop talking about peaceful protests and all of that. Like it's it's past that. We we're not asking anymore. So so yeah, man. Atlanta, L.A., Philly, everywhere, everywhere that's been that's been protesting and in, in, in solidarity for what's been going on. I, I feel you. Riots are the voices of the unheard. So so make them hear you. Absolutely. Make them hear you. But real talk, do not destroy what we as black people built. Unity is our immunity. And part of that unity is to build a strong economic base that we're damn sure going to need to sustain a revolution. So burning down and destroying black businesses isn't strategic at all. It's, and it's not unity. Atlanta specifically, like that's the closest we got to Wakanda right now. So chill out. That's ours. Chill out. Man, this is chess, not checkers. We just can't go out there with a bunch of rage. I get it. I get it. For real. Support it. But now nah, we, we can't go knocking down our own. Can't cut your nose to spite your face. And the game is real too. Our oppressors aren't dumb. Like there's white agitators and officers in plain clothes that only want to provoke you, make it seem like we're the violent ones. But Tamika Mallory said it best most recently, if we're the violent ones, it's because we learned it from you. Like go research the history of white people, their colonization of melanated spaces, violent. The crusades under the cloak of religion, violent. The whole the, the conception of America was rooted in white violence. Everything about the disease of whiteness is violent. Fuck you mean we violent? Because we've taken a stance against our oppressors? Man, nah. Miss me with that lame narrative. It's played out and we can't keep falling for it. And for real too, like Brother Stokely Carmichael was right. We dealing with an enemy that has no conscience. 
So that turn the other cheek stuff, it, that, that ain't going, that ain't going to tap into their heart. It's really not. You we dealing with somebody with no conscience. That that works. The, the the MLK quotes that they love throwing around about peace and all of that kumbaya, that 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 type of vibe. Nah, we passed that. Our oppressor has no conscience, so you can't tap into the heart. They ain't got a heart. And, and to restate this, I'm not advocating that we going out there and killing killing white people or cops or whatever, man. The bullet isn't our greatest weapon right now. I kept saying that. Keep saying that. Strategy. Strategy is our greatest weapon right now. And if you're listening to this right now and you're white and you or someone in your family, friends or associates just can't understand what's what's why are we so mad and aggressive and, and rioting and, and, and destroying our, our communities? May, may I remind you that white people had a whole fit because they didn't want to pay shipping and handling on some tea, right? Colonizers later called that the Boston Tea Party. We protesting over a life. And y'all out there protesting with guns in the Capitol because you can't get a haircut. Sit down. Take several seats. Check your privilege before you state your confusion or dislike for the protest. Take a step back. Chill out. Because white y'all sure do love a story of white rebellion. I know y'all love Star Wars and the Hungry Games. But I guess you only love it when it's a white face as the lead. And side note... <laughs> Ooh-wee. I know they mad at John Boyega. That, if you don't know who that is, that's the Black Storm Trooper um, in Star Wars that, that joined the Rebellion. Snapping. He was snapping. And I was loving every second of it, man. If you, ain't, if you haven't seen that, go, go check it out, man. He, man. But, like, on, on a flip, too, like, we, we, have to, we have to harness this energy. We got to maximize this moment. And, and only telling people to show up and vote in November can't be our tactic. That that can't be it. Yes, show up and vote. Biden is better than Trump's nut ass. But be clear, he ain't no savior by far. So we have to go into November already with a plan that hits the system of oppression on multiple levels. We have to have a plan that dismantles this whole system. And yes, a long game. Yes, it is. We, but we have to do it. And we it, it ain't no reform either. I'm not talking about reform. How are we going to want to reform some that that its initial mission was to recapture and enslave black people? Fuck a reform. Like slavery was reformed and it got the 13th Amendment, Jim Crow laws and the KKK. Why do we want another reform? This whole system, this whole system got to go. And that's why I low key laugh, man, at these education reforms, initiatives that keep coming up. But that's another topic. But we, we got to do better than reform. We have to. We have to demand better. Reform got reform right now got us in a position of negotiating a, a sentence for third degree murder, right? When he when, when that officer had, clearly had a history of, of killing uh, people of color, we we must demand better than reform right now. This is our moment. This is our moment. I believe it. I feel it. It feels different. At my core, I feel it. And I'm a triple Pisces, so I I know when I feel it. That shit's real. Um. <clears throat> I put up a post uh, May 8th on my Twitter account. I think I put it on Facebook. But um, if a black body falls unrecorded, did it really happen? Um, and I've, I've engaged in, in dialogue regarding should we record the lynchings, the murders of black people, and post it on social media? Uh, with with uh, all respect and empathy to the loved ones that this happens to, um, you know, we, we have to put the visuals out there. We have to. Like Mammy Till knew it. 
let's be honest if we didn't have these lynches recorded um it would have been covered up and our outrage would have been pacified by recording it makes it real to the public these lynchings from the police and, and the bullshit lies from the karens that that ain't new like it's not even happened at uh, significantly higher rates but we as a public are more aware of it when it's recorded and the cover-up game is real in this system so we gotta record side note if you have um iphone uh download the app uh this this isn't an information i'm like that man ain't pay me to say this they should up nah um <clears throat> download the app shortcuts shortcuts app um free app you can grab that um and what it does is it, it you can you can program it uh to do specific things so it can record uh it can send messages to somebody you say you know you hey siri you give that that instant command got my phone in there <laughs> see she's ready to go um but like, yeah, I, and I'm not saying like that's the deterrent, but it, it's it's proof and it's something that that you can protect yourself with and then have that. Um, so, yeah, if you had that um, download that that shortcuts app. But back to my original point, as as far as spreading it across social media and, and text, like it, it brings a heightened awareness and it invokes a necessary rage when something like this happens. Because I wholeheartedly believe if brother George Floyd's lynching didn't get to the public attention like it did. Those officers would have been placed on leave and allowed to come back later when all that shit died down or be, they, they would have been reassigned somewhere. Like, so seeing it is needed. Like I said, Mammy Till knew it. The outrage that, that people had when seeing the dismantled face on the young body of young King Emmett Till. Like that lynching was what sparked this and ignited the civil rights movement. We had to see it to provoke that the disgust and outrage against our oppressor. And on the flip, like I said, like I empathize on the other side with it if that's a loved one. So yes, reposting online continuously, you know, the weeks after and all that stuff, like, nah, we, we gotta cool it out. Post it 24 hours, 36 hours, whatever it may be, like quick, but get that outrage that's necessary, invoke that. But then yeah, we, we don't need to keep reposting it. I do, I do, yes. Get it out there, but continuously reposting it. We don't need to do that. It's 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 damaging to to our psyche. It's damaging to our our mental health to to continuously see and ingest uh, the lynchings and murders of black people. So I get that. Like you, you got to take a step back from that. Transition to another topic. Um, so it came up uh, some healthy some healthy dialogue, healthy discussion with a few of my my old students in Memphis. What's up? Uh, the topic was, uh, can, can a black person be racist? And I'm going to harden this conversation and I just want to take some time to, to really to dive into this. Yes, black people can have hate for white people simply because they're white. But we don't currently have the power structure in America to oppress white people. So at the end of the day, it's just hate. It's not racist, it's hate. That's your reaction based upon your treatment as a black person in America. So we can't define that as, as racism or being a racist. And those with the disease of whiteness, and I say those because I do agree with Amanda Seals on this one, like there, there's white people and there's people that happen to be white. There's there's white people and there's people that, that suffer from the disease of whiteness, the white supremacy mindset. They believe that they're inherently better than you. That's racist. That, that that's, that's the white supremacy mindset. And they have the power structure in, in America to enact, uh, to act out their racism. And, and, and for real, for we, we cannot allow the oppressor to define these things for us. That's why the Karens can militarize the police and then shed white tears when they ask get called out and make a plea like, oh, I'm not racist. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Karen, you are. You are. And we are the oppressed. We're going to define that for you. 
Because if not, man, they have you out here thinking that we the monster. Right? From the beginning of America, the narrative was that we as black people were beasts and savages are cursed by God with no meaningful history. So now I'm not accepting their definition when it prohibits our liberation. Right? They had us believe in black on black crime was this isolated thing that only plagued us in our communities. Right? Ain't no such thing as black on black crime. Yes, there's some there's some there's some things that we kill each other and that's that's something we have to fix in our community. And we will. But that damn sure ain't gonna be displayed in public. You don't talk about family issues in the public. You keep that at home. Yes, there's some things we gotta fix, but we we're not gonna discuss that right now. We're not gonna discuss that publicly. We we'll discuss it, but we ain't gonna discuss that publicly right now. We we not. So for all them them white people and misguided Negroes out there talking about some, what about black? Ah, ah, hush the fuck up. Like we we definitely got some shit to fix for sure. But I'll tell you what, man, y'all here, y'all have some data. Here goes some for you. Uh, Michael Core in an article for the uh, Philadelphia Tribune. Uh, he wrote last June, June 2019. He said, and I quote, and just in case you erroneously think the violent black criminality that does exist is genetic as a black thing, then you know that poor urban whites have a higher rate of violence toward each other at a rate of 56 and four tenths or 56.4 per thousand compared to poor urban blacks at a rate of 51 and three tenths or 51.3 per thousand. I had to do that, that was the math in me. But yeah, that's, 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 that's straight from the Department of Justice. That's straight from the DOJ, those, those numbers. So, and, and, and yo, and side note, um, for y'all out there protesting, man, while we're on the topic of the DOJ, man, be smart too. Like, it's Trump's DOJ right now. So, low key, they like, it, I don't know if you've seen it, but back in March, they asked Congress to detain arrested people indefinitely. And, and at the time, like, the Democrats turned it down, and, and I hope that they don't fold under the pressure uh, with these protests now. Because if so, yeah, it's going to be locked up on some Acon type time. Getting locked up, and you ain't getting out no time soon. So, so, I mean, so be smart out there for sure. And a uh, side note, man, I know, yo, like this, this, yeah, another side note, my mind just be going, but like, Russia and China, man, I know they smiling heavy right now, man. And it's cool. I'm, I'm going to get back to them one another time, man. But, but yeah. And, I, and I, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, if, if we are going to be racist and we're going to d- subscribe to this, like, oh, we, we can be racist too. Um, don't let it be driven by hate for them. We can use the weapons of our enemy, but we don't have to use it in the same way, right? Our racism or our being racist doesn't have to be driven by hate. Like, let it be driven by deep love for ourselves first. Let it be driven by love for our people first. I, I support that. Like, love us first. Choose black first. Love black first. Support black first. Invest in black first. Stand in solitude for black first. So if we're going to be racist, then let it be grounded in love for ourselves first. There's nothing wrong with that. Other communities do it. The, the, story, uh, the, the, the TV show, um, the, the 100, everybody wanted to do what was right for their people. It's for our people. It's for our people. We can do it. We should do it. So if that's, our, if that's what we're going to subscribe to, to racist and, you know, some people say don't fight fire with fire. Okay, yeah. But... We don't have to use that the weapon in the same way. Let it be driven by a love for ourselves first. All right, keep it moving. Um, if you if you have children, make sure that you're talking to them, like especially the teens. They're going to be exposed to it. 
social media, the memes, all of that. It's around. They're going to see it. So talk with them. Create that space. And for real, this, this shouldn't be the first time that, you, that you've had this conversation of, of being black in America and racism and oppression and all of that. But create this space for them to share their feelings and their thoughts. And it's okay right now if they say, if they say they're afraid. Love on them some more. But give them that space to talk about their fears and frustrations. Don't try to hide it from them. Because it's out there. They're going to see it. They're going to come with it. So we got to have those conversations with them. And if they need a little push sometimes, because, you know, every time they're not going to be able to articulate their, their feelings and, and their thoughts, and give that gentle nudge with some, some yes and no questions and before you dive into the open-ended ones. But we, we have to have that dialogue. And, and, and dear white people, specifically the parents of, of white children, talk to them. The disease of whiteness is nurtured. But... So is an anti-racist mindset. So talk to them. Don't don't shield them from this moment. Your whiteness provides you the privilege to escape. But for this one, embrace that uneasiness. And don't condemn the protest. You don't have to agree with it. That's cool. You'll never fully understand it because you're not black, but have empathy. David Banner said it best. If your computer gets a virus and starts acting all quote unquote crazy, you're not going to be mad at the computer. You're going to be mad at the virus. You're going to try to fix the virus. So don't condemn these protests. This world is suffering from a virus of whiteness, a white supremacy mindset. So you, you can't get mad when the computer start acting crazy. We can't get mad when we start uh, protesting and it's not peaceful. And it's not no kumbaya type vibes. Nah, we can't. Also, man, like let, let them uh, sh- show them the inconsistency of 45 calling the black pro- protesters thugs, but the white protesters good people. Let them understand the power of their words. Give them the tools to check their friends or dismiss themselves from that circle throwing microaggressions or flat out racist remarks or pictures or videos. Because, because man, the memes and the TikTok videos are out there. So pre- prepare your, your white children on how to navigate that. Like, that's how you that's how you can take the step of being anti-racist. You, you can't be silenced about this. You can't you can't escape this. Like, make that stance to be anti-racist. Ain't no in-between. Your silence and inaction is a stance on being on the side of racist. It's no middle ground. Go get that book by Brother Ibram X. Kendi on how to be anti-racist. Go listen to some Jane Elliott. Educate yourself. And follow our agenda. Don't be going out there trying to be the voice and lead some shit. Unless you're specifically talking to white people and it falls in line with our agenda. You, you cannot be the face or the voice of our liberation. Can't. Um, yeah. So uh, my last point um, on, on the topic of healing. Uh, make sure you're taking care of your, your mental health at this time. It's a lot going on. It, it definitely can't be consumed by it. To, to be black and conscious in America is to be in a constant state of rage. And I get that. But, but set boundaries for yourself. Take a step away from, from the TV and social media. It's okay to take a breather, and even in a revolution. Like, you got to take that minute to breathe and take care of yourself. <clears throat> Physically strong and mentally strong. Spiritually strong. So take that time to, to, to take a step back. Set boundaries for yourself. Take this time, too, man, to keep this, this energy going and showing love to, to black people. Show love to your black brother and sister. I, I, I remember, uh, what was that, like, mid to late 90s, um, you know, at least we did it in Philly, like, we, we get a head nod and a black power fist anytime we see one another. 
Like keep that energy going. Bring that back. Let's be racist in that way where we have a deep love for ourselves. So black man, black woman, I love you. Deeply and unconditionally. Let's keep that energy going. All right. So until next week, because uh, back on the grind, uh, part of it is uh, getting on every week. Uh, until next week, stay black, stay blessed, forever forward. Love you. Peace.